Gents and ladies, welcome to Football Talk. We're moving mad after all the movements that the teams have been doing in the Prem, in the UCL, you already know what we're always talking about. Today, I am joined by the usual suspects, you already know the gang, Simba and Gaz, how y'all doing? I'm good, bro. Great to be back on the pod. Great watching Champions League and watching football, even though the Premier League is over, we can still look to other leagues for entertainment. I rate that, I rate that. Oh yeah, and before before I actually get cancelled, sorry, we, we've also been keeping an eye on Europa League. Like, don't worry, we got you. <laughs> we got you. Otherwise, Simba, how are you doing then? Um, all right, gents. Um, as usual, um, new month. We're in March now, first of March, time recording. So, yeah, we're all good, man. Just enjoying the footy. You know, it's coming quick and fast now. So, yeah, um, it's good to be here again, as usual. Nah, we love to hear it. We love to hear it. Let's get straight into it. Like, are, are we? Are, do we? Do we want to start with the prim? Do you want to start with the UCL? What, what do you guys want to start with? Because each both sides, there's a lot to talk about still. Um, I think we can go any side really. Yeah, I think Premier League. Um, since it's the recent one, I guess. Nah, that's fair. That's fair. Okay, so I'll just I'll just list like everything that happened in this past weekend. So yeah, so this past weekend, I'll start with like the featureish games, like City beating West Ham two one and going on that incredible run. Actually, how is City doing this, bro? Like, they haven't stopped winning. They actually haven't stopped winning. How, like, how has Pep figured this out again? They just found their missing piece, bro. City just found Diaz. Then everything just clicked. John Stones is now a good defender somehow. Yeah, but like that that John Stones thing is actually kind of not making sense. Like where where did he? He's now looking like the is he? Can you say that he's now looking like the fifty more that he was bought for? And also Cancelo, do not underrate that that guy's been like their best player this season. I, would. I know Gundogan probably gets all the. All the headlines, but Cancelo is top is up there. Nah, that's facts. I agree. I agree. Like Ah Cancelo, especially the way that he just jumps into the midfield, bro. That must be annoying as a as like opposition. You're just getting someone jumping into the midfield, and you you swore that they came in as a right back at the start of the game. Ah, I would be rattled. I would genuinely be rattled. It would be so annoying. But yeah, that's. That's how mad those guys are moving. And then Aston Villa keep the low-key push going by beating Leeds 1-0. 
Oh, and another interesting game was Arsenal doing a mad thing on Leicester. Diki, how are we feeling about that 3-1 win from Arsenal? Yeah, I think that one was pretty interesting. I, I only watched, caught the first 45. And yeah, uh, Arsenal conceded an early goal. You thought, yeah, it's, uh, it's about to go down again, capitulation. But yeah, they stepped up, they they played well, they ended up getting a two-goal lead. And yeah, um, I mean, it was a good for, good win for them. They bounced back, considering that their best player, Saka, was on the bench, Aubameyang was on the bench. And Leicester, yeah, um, another, uh, I think this season they haven't been too convincing at home. Um, so yeah, and now they've lost Harvey Bonds which could be um, a crucial injury to their, and which could actually derail, I wouldn't say derail, but then put a dent in their Champions League aspirations. So yeah, um, it's a good win for Arsenal, though. Credit, give credit where it's due. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's right. You have to, you have to give them like that credit, because like, yeah, that's another thing with, with what's his name, with William on assisting it's yeah it's like okay he's is he back are we are we gonna get hype for him again or we're gonna be like ah listen just one of those cameos like when he when he had the hat-trick of assist at the start we'll just see how it goes but yeah and speaking of what is uh, this for arsenal do you think do you think they've been a success sorry like do you think arteta has really accomplished anything this season that he set out to? No. I, I would say that it looks like that. Thought, though. Us as Chelsea fans, we take our L's. <laughs> our Arsenal taking their L's. Is it Europa or Bas this season for them? Uh, I think Diki? it's Europa. Um, I don't know. With Arsenal, I've always seen that they've been doing rebuilding jobs, you know, for the last, I don't know how many years. And this season, I mean, considering, yes, on paper, they got some um, college players, um, William, Gabriel, I think someone else, uh, Odegaard and Loan. So on paper, you'd say they should be doing better um, than they are. But yeah, I mean, in terms of Europa League, I think Arsenal's main goal was just to always play in Europe. You know, it's not like they're not in the position to challenge for Champions League places because let's be honest like the teams that are up there are pretty strong compared to Arsenal so I think this season was just a matter of if we can get Europa League um, even when try win the Europa League then get into the Champions League through that route then it'll be fine but I don't know I think with Arteta you know he's I would say that he's done a, a good job you know of course he's been in the game for quite a short time but then course he had experience on the paper then you can see that um at least there's some improvement to Arsenal's play now with um a tactical change. I don't know who's now playing 4231, um integrating the the youth players in there, your know, Smith Rose, Sackers, Odegaards, all these guys, they're now starting to to click and find that um way of playing in that tactical um and how they're gonna approach the game, you know. So I think you have to give them credit there. But then at the same time it's like uh, yeah, uh, is he going to be the man to uh, take them to the next level? I'm still not sure about that. We have to see. But, I mean, yeah, I think it's been a 50-50 season, if, if I'm being honest. 
Yeah, 50-50 is the best way to put it. Because, like, I don't know. Like, Arteta, what he was made to look like, especially after he won that FA Cup and Community Shield, and where he's at right now, it's one of those, like, he's gone really quiet. We don't... We, we can't say that he's done anything amazing. I mean, the season is not over, to be fair. But, ah, I, I don't see anything that suggests that he's a... He's a manager that's come and turned things around. Because Arsenal, that's what Arsenal wanted, right? They wanted someone to turn things around, and he hasn't done that yet. I mean, they could win Europa and, like, change that. But then, yeah, as of now, he hasn't, he hasn't done anything. He hasn't even gone to the level of Wenger yet. Like, well, in a season. Like, season comparison. He hasn't done anything that was, like, Wenger-esque. So, yeah, it's going to, I think it's going to take a bit of time for them. And obviously, like, the right judgment on transfers. Like, this thing, like, I think now, like, in the long run, copying Odegaard again was also just, like, another mistake. They need, I, I don't know what they need. Maybe another, like, center mid who's, like, resourceful. But, like, yeah, they don't need, they don't need another attacker. Like, they just, they just put someone to compete with Ceballos there for what reason, I do not know. And they're both on loan. So they're both going to dip. So, uh, I don't know. We'll just we'll just see how their season goes. Yeah, that's for Leicester with their injuries. Uh, they're unlucky. This, hap- this always happens to them towards the end of the season. So, I, I don't even know what's going on. I, I guess it's just hard luck. But now on to Tottenham. Speaking of another starlet that's coming out. From having a bad time. Gareth Bale was in the mix when Tottenham beat Burnley 4 0. Did you even watch that game? Nah, I, I didn't watch it, so I'm not gonna lie. I just saw some highlights here and there, but I didn't really watch it. Nah, Bale was moving mad, fam. Like he was he was having a good game. He he really was having a good game and ah, Burnley got sorted four. You don't see that every day. Burnley conceding four, so yeah, Tottenham played quite well, this to say, but yeah, it's facts. They they didn't play too shabby. And then before I go into the snooze fest, those two teams that went and wasted 90 minutes of our time, I'm going to talk about um, Sheffield United against Liverpool, where uh, they won two, where Liverpool won two nil, and Curtis Jones uh, gave his goal to. Allison's family. Um, so just in case you don't know what happened, um, Allison, Allison's dad uh, went swimming in a lake and he was found dead in Brazil. So our condolences to Allison's family and yeah, hopefully they can recover during this time. Then yeah, now that our moment of silence is done. We are going to quickly go into this Matt's news fest. 90 minutes, so many shots on target. No one took the chance. How are we feeling about the game, guys? Um, yeah, um, to be honest, when I first looked at our team and their team, I was like, I think we could do something, but then as a game went on, I felt like 
Yeah, it was. I would. I was not going to be surprised if it ended in a draw, simply because I felt like, from a Chelsea perspective, is that we were supposed to take the game to them. Unfortunately, the second half we did. Um, in the first about twenty minutes, but I felt like um in our in our way of playing, it was more of the same thing we've seen in the past couple of games under Tuchel, is that we tend to keep the ball, um, but at the same time we're not really doing a lot with it. And we're not really creating um, much with the ball. So it's like, it was one of those games where probably a 1-0, similar to Atletico, a 1-0 would have probably done it. Felt like um, Chelsea needed runners in behind Man United's defence because, I mean, if you line up with Sherwood, Mount and Ziyech, of which um, they can run in behind, but then it's not their game. I mean, Ziyech, you can't expect Ziyech to be running in behind because he's the one who's supposed to be picking out the passes and finding those runners in behind. So when you're asking him to do that, it's you're not playing to his strengths, you know. So, yeah, I just felt like it was one of those games that it was bound to to be a no-no. Also, Man United, I think Man United always come with their game plan, um, sit back and hope to break. I don't know how they can do that because as a Man United, if I was a Man United fan, I wouldn't want us to approach every single game like that, you know. I'm hoping for a mistake in counter-attacking. Uh, which, credit to them as well. They also did a good job. They were pressing us quite high. They were trying to win the ball back in our half. And they did create some decent opportunities. But, yeah, it was just one of those snooze fests, I guess. From a United perspective, I think they would be very happy with the results. They had played on Thursday with the majority of their squad. They took a point away from us. They had comfortably more reassured in the top four. And I think they'll take that. Unlike us, we we had the emphasis to win and we didn't take it. But from a United point of view, I think they would be very happy. Or at least content. You think so? Because apparently I was saying a lot of things and United fans were quite frustrated that they didn't win or they didn't create chances to win. So, yeah, I don't the know. Rational United fans. <laughs> the rational ones, yeah. Honestly, the lineup just told you Ole's intentions. Yeah, dudes. Like, I think, uh, I mean, I know Dan James played like in the Europa League fixture and apparently he's on form and that. But like he was always going to be that guy who was going to be putting pressure straight on the counter-attack. McTominay and Fred shoring up the back. Maybe the game would have been more open if Pogba was fit. Mm, like, you think so? I don't know. I think United... I think if Pogba was fit, um, Bruno would have gotten more of the ball because Bruno didn't get... He didn't see a lot of the ball. In yesterday's game, at the time yeah, of recording, so I think if Pogba was there, Bruno would have been more in the game. Because um, if you look at United's midfield, they don't really have like the um, when Pogba's not playing, they don't have progressors. You know, Fred and McTominay. Um, I think I don't know. Um, on paper, they they suit each other. Well, whenever they play, they suit each other. But then they're not those type of midfielders that are gonna break the lines and find those passes to Bruno. You know. I think even sometimes it's where you see Bruno drops in deep. Because yesterday I saw there's a one moment where Bruno was literally by the halfway line. 
um, collecting mm-hmm. the ball from the defenders, which just told me that, yeah, these guys really like that midfielder who's going to um, take pick up the ball from the defense and progress it to the attackers, which is why also the attackers suffered yesterday. So, yeah, I think it would have been a different game if Pogba was there. So, I, I don't know. It's all hypothetical, really. Yeah. You know, my friends, uh, some of my friends are asking, like, um, was Bruno playing in the game? Then I was like, yeah, I saw him shouting at the wrist. Do you see that section? Like, wait, he was now shouting at the wrist. I don't know what had happened. I forgot what happened. But, like, dude, he had gone red and he was mad at the wrist. Like, he always is, though. I mean, he always does that. So, like, Bruno's got this. One thing I like about Bruno is that he's got this, like, mentality. Like, a winner's mentality, you know, like, if things, if you aren't performing or if things aren't clicking, you know, he'll let you know that, listen, we are messing up. You guys pick up your rubbish and let's let's fix up, you know. So, yeah, probably are screaming for a penalty, you know. Um, oh, yeah, we <laughs> Screaming for a penalty. But, yeah, and, um, that game, yeah, it was just one of those ones, man. I'm not even going to lie. I'm not a fan of 3-4-3. Um, I just I feel like we just don't create enough opportunities with it and we're not clinical enough when the opportunities come. So, yeah, man, it's just one of those ones, bro. Yeah, it's, it's, it's two big problems at the same time. It's one of those like where the formation doesn't craft out too many chances and at the same time with the chances that we have, they're not being finished. But, yeah, ah. Dude, we'll see. Well, that I is. Just, um, I just yeah. want to ask uh, a question for our listeners, our Man United listeners. Are you guys happy with Man United as a team? And what's the difference with Ole Ball com- compared to Jose Ball? Because for me, honestly, it's no different. You guys were up in arms at Jose Mourinho parking the bus against top six opposition all the time. And it's still happening. We, what do you guys want? You want attacking football or you just want to win? Well, that's guess. Um, to United fans, we'll put this up on our Instagram as well. Like, that United fan specific. Like, what's the difference between Ole Bull and Jose Bull? And we'll also put up a poll of which you feel, of which manager you, you see doing it better. So, yeah. Um, that ends this prim segment. Um, yeah, I think after just after this episode, we'll put that poll up. We won't forget. And yeah, tune in just now for the Champions League madness. Hello, this is Mads, and welcome to Football Talk News. Ding ding ding. <laughs> We've got breaking news, Jens. This came out like just ten minutes ago, gents and ladies. We've got like mad news. Um, ex-president Jose Bartomeu was arrested for launching a smear campaign against Barcelona and not just like Messi and gang but like even the officials so if you're like me and you're like what is a smear campaign let me just let you know because I also had to google this stuff a smear campaign is basically like when you talk rubbish on someone just so that the message that they're sending is deemed as useless so he's arrested for that I don't know if he's going to do time, but yeah, um, we'll see how that story develops. And I think we'll let you know on, on IG how that stuff ends. But just like quick takes on that, Gaz and Simba, like, 
Is it typical Barcelona stuff? What are we saying? Yeah, I mean, bro, here in Barcelona, they always do this thing where something always happens at that club, and something, the corruption there is, is mad, you know. I, I haven't really um, gone deep into the story or see what's, what's really going on, but it's always Barcelona, you know. When you have all these issues, the, the money problems, players wanting to leave, um, you know, all this stuff eventually comes out, you know, you can't continuously hide it and all that. So, ah, I don't know, man. Uh, let's see what happens um, when, when, he, uh, when he does go to court or if he goes to court. See uh, what they say, you know. Now, would yeah, we, I guess we'll have to wait uh, and see what happens in court. But guess this kind of explains Messi's attitude at Barcelona, him being at odds with the board and everything, him being angry and wanting to leave for the past like two years could be an explanation. Not ne- not necessarily the results on the pitch, but the higher ups in Barcelona. Also, Luis Suarez, that could also be in play. Also, nah, Rika, it's like, yeah, it's, I actually hadn't thought about Chewy Suarez as well. Like, he could have also have had this, this solid reasons to want to dip, and that could be like one of them. But, like, but yeah, but like, even the way Simba was really saying, like, you could tell... either way, I would like to watch a movie on this because it seems like it's um, Narcos type. Political drama going on the in the back room there, on the backstage. <laughs> Some knockers, right? <laughs> ah, dude, it's always best scenes in Catalonia. And one probably snaked him, bro. One of his <laughs> underlings, bro. He was like, nah, fam. Let me expose <laughs> you, bro. For that, for that newspaper money. <laughs> nah, it's best scenes in those ends. But yeah, like that was just like a little quick segment telling you guys, like, yeah, Barca in the mud yet again. But yeah, um, we're gonna move into the four games. The last we talked about the last four games of Champions in our last episode. So now we're going to talk about the next four. And yeah, I'll just start in order of boring to exciting. So if you're gonna start with boring, then that's obviously munching glad back against City. Where City just went and uh, munching glad back did not offer anything. They did not offer anything on the counter. They couldn't trade passes. And yeah, City punished them at as Dickie would say, they they got punished at 40%. These munching glad back dudes, they City wasn't even playing properly. They just, yeah. They were operating at forty percent. Did you guys like see that game? Like, and what are your takes from it? Yeah, I think I like how you said how Dicky said forty percent. Um, but yeah, I think it was one of those games where your city always gonna be favorite, and I I thought Munchen Gladbach did well. I mean, the, uh, I mean, first half, they, they weren't too great. But second half, I think they did put up a fight. Um, also, the fact that they had one, I think one or two chances where they could have um, done some damage to Man City, but they didn't take them. And, you know, with a team like Man City, 
um, and the form they're in, any chance that you get, you have to bury it. So, yeah, it was one of those games like, yeah, City really, they just showed their class once again. They, I didn't really think they were playing at full tilt. Again, I think probably like a 50%, 60%. And, yeah, and a team of City strengths, you know, they don't have to play at 100% to win games because they're just that good. So, yeah, um, as an expected result. So, I think City will progress, though. So, yeah, it's just one of those games, a uh, routine win, I guess. Yeah, that was a routine thing. Guys, any quick item to add as well? Radio silence in the end. I take that as nothing. Because like, ah, that game was dead. And that game... <laughs> I don't know. I, like Maybe Mönchengladbach played well in the second half. I honestly didn't like watch the full second half. But like, ah, the first half was actually a mess. Uh, it was. It was way too quiet for me. Like, I mean, City had already sealed the game. You get me? So that was my thing. Then what's the next game from boring to exciting? Ah, there we go. Those German merchants. Let's see a beat by four one. And uh yeah. It kinda hurts seeing Musiala. Bayern is just too overpowered, guys. Dude. It's way overpowered. Ah, uh, you, you like, still they didn't even play well, guys. They did not play well and they still beat them <laughs> by that margin of this isn't the first goal. Like, didn't they? It wasn't they even an own goal, like from Lazio. Exactly, an own goal. Yeah, uh, I was best in those ends. They're but, honestly yeah. the favorites. I don't think any team, even Man City, can can stop Bayern. But this is the Champions League. Anything can happen. Any slip ups. Luck. Now nah, that's facts. That's facts. Literally anything can happen. So yeah, we'll just we'll just see how how it goes. I mean, Lazio three no at the Allianz. Ah, I'm dreaming. Nah, I'm dreaming. But like, yeah, we'll just we'll just see. You never know. Maybe they might just start start playing around and try and make the game more exciting. But yeah, that game, I think that tie is already like settled. We're gonna see them. We're gonna see who they get in the quarterfinals. And then we've got a game that got decided late. Um, Atalanta against Real Madrid. There was a red card early in the game, and Atalanta held up really well. But then Mendy went and scored a golazo. That's something you don't expect from that left back, that defensive, defensive monster. But yeah, um, Mendy went and scored a curler and called game. So now Madrid are leading 1-0 on aggregate with that one being an away goal. What was your take on that game? Um, I, I don't really... Um, oh, yeah, I think Madrid owned VAR, in my opinion. They always seem to get these shady... Shady calls, because that was not a red card. Yeah, it wasn't. It, re- it really wasn't. I don't know what interpretation people are looking at, because that was not a, a clear goal-scoring opportunity in my eyes. And the fact that it was awarded a red card really spoiled the tie for me, because I really thought that Atalanta could have put up a greater chance against Madrid. 
No, that's wood. And Diggy, like, what are what are you about to inform us about this about this tie? No, I was just gonna say the same thing uh, along guys' lines of yeah, Madrid, the the far thing, you know. Um, yeah, I think after the red, uh, just usually uh, when a team goes down to ten men, the game really it's become one sided, you know. So yeah, just I lost interest in it. Um, great goal for Mendy. That was a very good goal. Nice quality finish. And yeah, I think he's underrated in my opinion. But um, yeah, it was it was one of those games yeah, that Real Madrid ended up winning at the end. Going back, just so the listeners know, I'm a Madrid fan, so don't think I'm hating. Like <laughs> yeah, I just had to get it in there, you know. So yeah. yeah, but yeah, I think yeah, it was a good result for Madrid. They go back to the Bernabeu with the one goal lead. So, um, just curious to see how Atalanta will go out and approach the game. I think they will attack, um, as they should. So yeah, it'll be still an open tie, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see, um, what goes on there, you know. Yeah, I mean they've got nothing to lose. They might as well go out and attack. The worst that they can do is get two away goals. That will make it really tough for Madrid. So, yeah, we'll just we'll just see how it goes. But yeah, that game, that tie has not been decided. Anything can happen. Madrid has been faltering in Champions as of late. So, we'll, I mean, honestly, we'll just see how it goes. And then, yeah, um, I hope it's a sunny day wherever you are, because we're about to talk about going out of your bicycle. Atleti lost to Madrid one 0 I mean, that's Atleti lost to Madrid 1-0. Atleti lost to Chelsea 1-0, courtesy of an Olivier Giroud bicycle assist by her most... You were playing like Madrid. Huh? So, as you're saying, Gav? I was saying we played like Madrid, maybe. That's why you got confused. <laughs> Where we were both parking. Exactly. Exactly. It was a yeah. good game. It was a it was a great game. I think Chelsea just shut up a lot of doubters with that game. Domination, our control. Because when the when the draw first got announced, people were saying that we were the underdogs, we're gonna get knocked out. Well, the tie is still not over. We're in a very controlling position. I mean, to be fair, before, as the tie was called, we had a different manager. So, yeah, there's that. But then, like, besides that, like, uh, yeah, I think what we've been saying, like, we, it worked in our favor because what, like, normally... Um, we would dominate the game and have nothing. But then what we needed against Atleti was exactly that domination. And then Giroud, you know, like, you don't give him too many chances and he's ready to put that stuff away. So, yeah, um, Giroud's very resourceful on his front and uh, it came crucial. It came really crucial. Simba, what's your take on that game? Um, I'm not going to lie, I was, I was gassed, man, you know. I think like what Gaz was, was saying earlier is that a lot of people, even myself, 
the last team I wanted to draw was Atleti. And I even had my own doubts, you know, that we would get something from this game. I was just hoping that, you know, as I said in our group chat, that hopefully we can take back something at the bridge, whether it's a no-no or one-no. So when that happened, when you did score, I always felt like that game, um, it was going to be decided by one key moment, something out of the blue. Uh, one of those games where you just win by one goal. And yeah, Sheru came through. Initially, I thought it was offside. I thought VAR was was doing a madness for us. But yeah, it turns out the goal, um, it was legit. So yeah, I was happy with that. I think I was slightly disappointed with Atletico, how they approached the game. 6-3-1. I mean, um, I'll give them the benefit of the doubt because they had a couple of injuries. So maybe that's why Simeone played like that. But Atleti always do play like that sometimes. So it's like a 50-50. But... Um, yeah, I was a bit disappointed how they approached the game. I was happy with how we went into the game and how we approached the game. I think we knew that we needed to to put our foot on the game, put the foot on an accelerator. Of course, um, even when you do win, sometimes I can be a bit critical, but I feel like maybe we should have done a bit more, created a bit more opportunities um, in games like that. Of course, it was tough. It was tough to create those opportunities considering our late goal setup. But yeah, I felt like yeah, we should have created a lot more. Um, maybe just score another goal in two 0 and yeah, we can go back to the bridge and yeah, we're comfy. So yeah, um other than that, it was a, a very good game. I I thoroughly did enjoy it. Um the tie is not over, as Gaz said. One 0 Um second leg should be interesting because I think Atleti will definitely come out all guns blazing because they want to turn it around. So in theory, it should work in our favor. Um, catch them out on the break and just put the game, the tie to bed. So, yeah, it's still, still an open game, but um, yeah, it's the Champions League. You never know what can happen. So, yeah, we'll see what happens at the bridge. You know. Yeah, that's facts. We'll just we'll just peek what happens at the bridge. Um, it's always. Yeah, it's 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 never it's never certain. This one is a tie that's also not certain. It's just like yeah, anything can happen. Obviously, as uh, as all three of us, the Chelsea fans, were just hoping that like yeah, we take these guys out and call them foods. But with the cameos that I saw from Joao Felix, like he can literally pull out any mazza, like anything, like um even in that game, he was pulling skill moves that I'd only seen in FIFA. To be brutally honest. Like I did not, I did not think that people actually did certain skill moves that he did, and that just shows like how good he is. Suarez, he was blocked, but like I don't know if we can do that again for the second leg. I think we we're gonna need Thiago Silva, but yeah, that's all speculation that we're going to see how true it is when all these teams link up. I think about two weeks from now. Two weeks, three weeks from now? Ah, no, nah, March 10. Is it March 10? Let me just check real quick. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, Juventus and Porto start. Oh, in, in eight days. That's, that's really soon. Yeah, so less than two weeks. Less than two weeks. That's when uh, Champo's action will be back. And, yeah. Stay tuned uh, for all of that, Mazzo. You know we're going to be talking about it, like, as it, as it happens. Otherwise, for this episode, I think that's it. Um, thank you for listening. And yeah, 
Have a great week.